everyone, this is Mila Tishul. I'm so happy that you are tuned in to another episode of Human Becomings. Please do subscribe and like this on iTunes. Today, I have Hollis on my show. Welcome, Hollis. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. So, Hollis is a HR executive, life and leadership coach, and I met you in a conference, in an event in Los Angeles just this year. And we went to this event. It was a rather epic event, Live Big by Ajitna Walker and Nita Bushin. And they are co-founders of my, uh, what's that called? Evercoach of Mind Valley. So it was just phenomenal meeting Hollis and we shared a lot of common knowledge and common opinions and it was just brilliant speaking with you so that's why i decided to bring you on the podcast and speak about our common interest traveling yes yes so thank you again it's an honor to be here oh yeah absolutely so i know hollis you have traveled quite extensively and your parents are from different countries so you were exposed to traveling all your life and living in different places. And we spoke a little bit about how traveling shapes us and impacts us. And that's what we are going to be discussing today, traveling and the benefits of traveling and how it shapes us, shapes our ideologies, shapes us as a person and pushes us to continuously grow and understand those who do not understand us or understand others from a different lens. So are you ready to do this deep dive, Hollis? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> so Hollis, to start with, can you share with us how did you, at what age did you start traveling and living in other places? Sure. Um, I guess you could say when I was two. <laughs> um, my parents are from Trinidad and Tobago, um, which is in the Caribbean. And um, my father lives there, uh, or lived there, and basically went to visit him um, during the summers. Um, and definitely for when I was two, my grandmother took me there for almost a year. So lived there for a year. Um, and just from then, always had a passport, just because again, I was you know, visiting my dad every summer. Um, and then moved, really, really did, then like family vacations, just traveled um, just up and down the East Coast. Um, and then really it wasn't until my early 20s is when I started um, international traveling. Brilliant. So let's talk about traveling during when we are all a child, right? Sure. So we had this intensive conversation over Instagram Live just on Friday. Mm -hmm. so there are different stages where we experience traveling, not all of us, but some of us. And I noticed even when I used to travel, my first exposure to travel was when I was a really young child as a baby, but I, I do not remember anything when I was a baby. <laughs> but do you notice when we travel as young children, we have such an open mind. We embody curiosity. We ask why as to or, or not question the things, but we're really curious and ask why as to why is this such a way? How is this formed? Because we're trying to learn and make sense of things. Right. Right? Yes. And totally. do, do you have that curiosity or do you recall having that curiosity as you traveled as a child? Sure. Um, I don't recall too much. And I, and I guess just because what I do recall is um, definitely as a child, going to see my dad. It was basically going into the way I worked in his store. So my dad's an entrepreneur um, and worked in his store and went to the beach, uh, maybe like once during the summer, and then that was it. So it really was about working in the store and working the floor. It wasn't really until I got older was where I was able to then travel on my own in the country and kind of really explore and see, you know, what was um, Trinidad really all about. Um, however, though, I will say I do remember just um, of enjoying the culture in different ways. So more so like the foods and eating and some of the traditions. 
so that's what I would say. Um, I think as a kid, I just enjoy just being in the, the middle and, and of it all. And I love to eat then and I still love to eat now. So um, I think that's what for me it was about just the food and really getting the authentic food and, and just like, hmm, you know, where is this coming from? Um, yes, we eat similar things at home um, back in New York, but it's a little bit, a little different taste here. Um, and then there's different um, um, spins on it. So for instance, like this Trinidad Chinese food, uh, which I didn't have it in, in New York or outside of Trinidad before. Um, and definitely there, it was kind of cool to have, which I had very often while I was there too. Um, so yeah, so uh, it was just more about just, oh, it's different. Um, not sure why, and I'm okay with it. And let me just explore and eat and and just be in in the culture in that moment. That was that's what I do remember as a child, a young child. So you were more open to trying new things and and just being open to accepting things, right? And that's what I've noticed when when I was a child, we are more I was more accepting of things. I was more accepting of trying new things. I was not fussy at all. And and but somehow, but somehow that changes. That changed when I started traveling uh, during my teens. Yeah. And traveling teaches us a very, very important lesson, a few important lessons actually. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear from you what you have learned from your whole decades of <laughs> 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 revealing too much about your age. Right, right. <laughs> decades of traveling. It's okay. <laughs> how you have how you have noticed your own evolution, mm-hmm. growth and so yeah. on. Sure, sure. Um, you know, it, it's, it's funny because um, you, you say this and, and we spoke about this too, but literally I just just came back from my friend's house who, who lives in the Poconos, literally like parked and ran upstairs to, to, uh, to, do, the, to do this. And we were looking at um, travel shows actually, and we were looking at, um, at um, just like street food. Um, and what I loved about it, it was, it really told stories of the people that were there. So in that, it got a little glimpse of just people's lives. And, and what I'm saying here is that very similar with traveling is where you're able to then get a a little, a little insider knowledge of just people's lives and, and what they go through and really connecting, you know, with people. I think that's really the what um, I would say I could take away um, out of all these decades, years of traveling and connection and also humbling experiences. Um, and I could definitely talk more about that if you want to. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because you mentioned humbling experiences. I want to know more about what exactly humbled you and how does experiences moved for you to think that it was humbling. Sure. Um, so I'll share the story I shared um, a little earlier, and then I'll, I'll probably, and then from that spinoff. Um, so I was in Nicaragua about three weeks ago. I went with a, a good friend of mine, um, and her aunt lives there. And you know, we had the opportunity to, you know, drive all over the place. But in particular, we were sitting at this one restaurant, and which is normal. Um, you know, when I travel, you know, um, sometimes you have little kids or you have adults or, or teenagers that would come up and basically, um, you know, ask uh, for money or ask for food. And in this particular uh, restaurant, it was like half outside, half inside. And there was this nine-year-old girl, nine-year-old girl that came up and asked for, for food. And I don't speak Spanish, so I didn't really understand her first ask. Um, but then um, when when translated, then it made sense. And basically then my friend invited her to sit with us and, and, and have a meal, right? So number one, I would say that's definitely a humbling experience of just of, of unsure of language and then inviting someone you know, to sit with you. And I say someone, even though it's a child, the child is someone and definitely got to learn a lot about her um, as we were talking, um, you know, l- learned about how 
Um, she traveled from another town by herself, you know, to come here to sell gum, so to sell the chicle. Um, and like she said, she wants to be a doctor. And, you know, she didn't know, um, she didn't go to school. Okay, so she doesn't know her ABCs, but she definitely knows math. And she definitely has to know math, especially when selling, you know, gum and, 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 and goods. So, um, and we kind of tested that. We were like, okay, what's this and this? If I, was, if I was purchasing this and this, and she was like on point at every, every moment. Um, and I think what was the, the, the moments for me, the humbling moments for me is just understanding which is um, how this little girl was so brave um, in that, you know, we were asking her like, like, you know, oh, like, are you afraid? Like when you, you, um, you know, you travel from town to town and she's like, no, I just leave it to God. And, and I was like, whoa, just her faith, you know, was so, so strong. And, you know, and sometimes when you're in a new place, sometimes you, sometimes, you know, I'm a little like just cautious. Um, so this, this little girl to say, you know, I'm traveling and I'm traveling in the night. I just leave it up to God. I mean, for me, that was like such a, a real experience of this, this little girl's thing. Um, then, you know, we were talking and then, I, um, and then she said, which was kind of funny, um, She's like, oh, well, are you two married? And we're like, no, we're not married. He's like, oh, are you friends? Like, yeah, we're friends. And she's like, friends with benefits? And I was like, oh my gosh, this little nine-year-old <laughs> girl just said friends with benefits. And we were cracking up and cracking up. Um, so then we continued on and then we ate and 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 um and she enjoyed her meal and then we decided to go to get um um respato, uh, which is basically like a, a dessert of shaved ice with um um, either cream or um, a syrup, and then with fruit, etc. And um, another, what I really love is in that particular store, um, or I should say, um, establishment. Um, the, the the server basically served, and and I knew who she was just because she's in the neighborhood, and served her just like served just like she served us, and she served. Like other people as well. I mean, it was it was such a beautiful moment where she didn't feel like she was she was treated um, like an outsider. Um, and for me, that's another humbling experience because of just you know in in the states and other places, and definitely because of you know the skin I'm in or whatever you want to say I wear. You know, definitely there's there's moments where you know I'm treated like an outsider. So to see that in, in this country, in this moment, because I can't say it's the full country, but in this moment that this, um, you know, server treated her as an insider, just like anyone else. And, and the, the funny thing is, she's like, oh, well, can I share with my friend? And then you're like, sure. And then her friend came over and, we, and then we bought him um, some Respato. And then another friend came over and we bought Respato for that friend too. But it was, um, again, it was just a beautiful just moment uh, where we're able to just sit, enjoy, and connect, you know, with, with um, these three little people um, and just tell stories. Um, so overall, I would say that was humbling again because of, I would have never, and I will say, I, when I travel, I, I, I do talk to people, connect to people. Um, and definitely when, when it was like hire for service and maybe the tour guide, et cetera. Um, or if I'm sitting by myself, I'll, I'll sit with some, I'll talk with somebody. But I definitely don't talk to children. Um, and that's just because of my own, I have to be careful with, with, meaning one has to be careful, I think, when, when talking with children um, in general. And for me, just the opportunity just to talk to this little girl and then the rest of the children about just how they live and what's expected of them. Um, and, you know, their, it, it, the, just the faith alone that they have right. um, is so strong. There are a lot of things that you touched on that really stood out. So you mentioned that when you met this little girl, well, firstly, I want to say, traveling and interacting with people in different countries truly opens our eyes 
to how humility or what humility is because like in the area that i live in like the dc area you do not see people speaking with each other striking out a conversation no. that's just looked at as a taboo or people are all in their own mind or lives they stay in their own lane not whilst mm-hmm. driving but they just stay in their own lane even whilst walking around and when they see each other they do not even smile or they don't even greet each other and that's one beautiful thing that we learn from traveling humility mm-hmm. treating everyone equally treating the other person how you want to be treated and, and and how they want to be treated I right right and that was what was displayed at the restaurant or at the ice cream shop that you went to where the shop owner treated the girl as how he or she the shop owner would treat any other customers that's humility right there and that's mm-hmm. one thing that it exposes us to right when we travel because we are so caught up in our own world. We live in a box in our own communities or nation or state or city. We feel that, Oh, whatever that we're living is, is the best until we travel out. It opens your eyes. (laughs) Right. And traveling teaches us about humility. That's number one. And that's another thing that you touched on, was you said that you were really cautious. You were cautious in a new place. Mm-hmm. But I feel that we were never cautious. We were never cautious when we were children, right? When we went on a holiday to a new place, we would just run around and explore around, just <laughs> go speak with random people. We didn't bought that. We didn't care. And there was no sense of caution. Somehow, caution was instilled and it was taught to us it was conditioned into us to be cautious about strangers oh my god straight uh what what do you call it stranger danger mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. uh shout out danger when you see as a stranger <laughs> i mean there are dangerous people around but we are conditioned to be cautious all the time you know, do not speak with strangers do not engage in conversation do not respond to people and that comes along with us even when we travel even when we explore even when we go even if we are from the united states and if we were to take a holiday uh, to go to new york or to california we are always cautious we always have friends that we travel with or we say oh let's not go down over here it, it does not look safe or let's not go to this beach let's sit over here we are always cautious about certain thing and that eliminates our curiosity i feel but again we have been conditioned in such a way somehow along the way we have lost the childliness the curiosity the Mm -hmm. trust the the humility and there's something else that you (laughs) you touched as well you said that sitting with other people and sharing the food sometimes food food brings not sometimes all the time, food brings people together. Totally. <laughs> and, totally. And you learn about traditions and culture through food and the beauty of food, how it has been preserved, the recipes being passed down. And they tell the story as to how their family created this recipe, how their family survived wars and they had to come up with this recipe. So, Traveling exposes us to a lot of facets to humanity, I feel. As in, how do we uh, advocate, not advocate, how do we cultivate our humility? How do we cultivate our curiosity, our trust, and being honest, right? And and those are some of the things I feel that we learn. And did, did you ever notice... I know you've traveled different stages in your life. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed at different ages when you travel, your perspective has been shifted? Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, I think, so if I look at my definitely like um, early twenties, you know, I went traveled and looked at places like, Oh, okay. Started to compare things and, and, but compare things in a way that, 
Like, oh, well, where I live is better because we have this, right? Um, so, so definitely it was a comparison, but like where I live is better because we have this and this and this and I have this, and, you know, so definitely it was about me, 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 me. <laughs> and, um, and then in my 30s, it kind of shifted a little. It's like, okay, there's still comparison, of course, just like, okay, they have this, we have this, okay, but, but, but then it's, it's a little different. It's not about just me, it's just about, it's just, it's just different. Right. Um, and different is fine and okay. Right. And we evolve via that. And I share the same, same thoughts as you do as well. My parents used to tell us, my parents used to tell us, travel, you have to constantly travel. Especially my dad used to drill into this into us. Travel extensively. And he said that it does not mean you have to go on a holiday to different countries, but travel throughout your life, uh, experience traveling in your, in, your, in your teens, in your 20s, in your 30s, and do not stop that. And he has always told us, travel at different decades in your life, and every decade, go to the same country at least three times. And did not quite understand why he said that, mm-hmm. until recently when I took a, <laughs> a recent trip. So, in during my teens, I... I when I used to travel, when I used to travel, again, you know, being a teenager, we feel that we know everything and anything. We, <laughs> we are so egotistical, right? Oh, Just yeah. Like, like every, any other teenager, right? Oh, you mm-hmm. suck. Oh, you're boring. I am better. I know better. <laughs> I've got Snapchat. I've got Google. Google, internet says it, so you do not know what you're talking about. That kind of an ego, right. right? So I noticed that during my teens, it was from a very egocentric perspective. Like you said, it was, I was always comparing. I compared as to, I know better. Oh, I dress better. I know that you do not know this. It came from very limited knowledge and limited perspective. Because as a teenager, I didn't have much wisdom. My, my knowledge was very limited to books and to the internet and to whatever was on the telly. And again, whatever is on the telly or radio, yes, I grew up in a time where I listened to the radio. <laughs> <laughs> whatever is on the radio, it's all from a single perspective, right? It's all a single story. Right. So having that knowledge, and I took that knowledge like, from a very egocentric perspective and comparing myself to the people over there. And then when I traveled to the same place during my 20s, it was a wake-up call for me. It was a wake-up call in a sense where I did not compare from an egocentric perspective. Now it moved to an ethnocentric perspective. Mm-hmm. My egocentrism was eliminated where I was more conscious about people. I cared about what other people felt but it was not elevated yet. So I compared everything from ethnocentric perspective as in such a comparing nation. Oh, my country is more advanced and your country does not have this. Mm-hmm. Oh, my country has got trains and taxis everywhere and buses, but your country, you know, you have got to wait for a bus like two or three hours, or right. you've got to depend on your neighbor to drive somewhere. And you start comparing nations. You can't compare apples is that comparing apples to oranges, oranges yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But when I traveled to the same place during my 30s and my 40s, everything changed. And this is when the familiar became the unfamiliar because every community, every nation, every country is fluid. Every culture is continuously shifting and changing because no culture is stagnant. Everything is man-made. Right. And that's when I realized why my dad told me to travel at three different stages, three different decades in my life to the same place to learn something. That was a wake-up call for me. Mm. It was a wake-up call where I learned Yes, it's a familiar country. Yes, it's a familiar community, but the community wasn't the same community that I was in during my teens or my twenties. Twin- or my twenties. Right. right, and and why would it be? Right, why? right. because because <laughs> things change, shift all the time. Right, mm-hmm. and just like our behavior changes, just like our self, 
our cells and our body changes every seven years. People change, their behavior changed, their perspective, their mindset, their ideologies, everything changed. Exactly. And this is when I truly realized I have to relearn everything from scratch again because the familiar is no longer familiar, became unfamiliar to me. Mm-hmm. And that was when I truly, truly learned that no one person, no single experience, no one documentary of a country, of a nation, of a community represent or can be an ambassador to tell us a story mm-hmm. yeah so that totally shifted my perspective and allowed me to grow right right which totally makes sense right i mean has there been times where you know people will come to you to be the ambassador of you know or to represent whether if it's your your age group your um, ethnicity, your culture, your, and, and the list goes on. Um, but, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, and there's no way you can be because everyone's experience is different um, because of their own experiences, because of their own um, uh, location and, and, and how they were raised, et cetera. I don't, so, yeah. Yeah. So- my next thing is I notice I notice from my personal experiences the more I traveled the more I lived in different places uh, it truly taught me how to cultivate empathy so let's talk about empathy a little bit and it is something lacking in our current current (laughs) time of whatever is going on the chaos which is going on all over the world Mm -hmm. but just in the United States as well have you noticed how your state of empathy has changed or has grown? Um, yes. I mean, I think I've always, I've had at least to, to, if I remember, you know, even as a child, I had empathy. Um, so I think that has always been there. Um, it has shifted and changed just because of just experiences even my own experiences mm-hmm. uh, and, and other people's experiences. But then if I continue on, like how traveling has shifted my empathy. Um, so yes, it, it has. And, and again, and, and this trip, Nicaragua, you know, was, was such a, I call it an amazing trip for so many different reasons, but, 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 but since we're on empathy, let me stay there. <laughs> um, and you, my friend who went, loves animals you know loves you know older people younger people and definitely when there were um again we were somewhere we were uh we were in granada in in nicaragua and we were sitting eating and again folks were coming up and 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 selling things and um and then having conversation and connecting with them but in particular and it's funny because this is where the empathy shifts so I definitely have empathy for human beings. I don't have, I have, I have very little empathy for animals. Um, and, Fair enough. <laughs> and, and my, um, my friend has a lot of empathy for animals, especially the dogs who were just on the street running around. And I remember, um, you know, every time she would just order food just for like, there's dogs around. And I was like, I thought it was kind of weird in the moment. But then what shifted for me is when, again, seeing the dog, because I'm there sitting and we're sitting for a while now, and the dogs were around, and then they were just there and, and, and very just quiet and attentive and just not causing any trouble or problem. And literally, I saw my, I, then I started to like feed the dogs. <laughs> Oh, and I don't like dogs. I don't like dogs. But right there teaches us a great moment. Mm -hmm. Kindness or empathy, it's contagious. Oh, totally. It is. It is. It is. It was in that moment. I was like, oh, okay, here, here, you know. Um, And making sure that, you know, the dog was getting this particular part of the meat versus this, right? So it was, it was, you're right. I mean, when, when other people or when it's around you, you start to do or be empathetic as well. I mean, that's, a, that's a, a great example of being empathetic. I will also share another story where people were, where folks were empathetic to us. Um, so we decided to, to do something crazy and strange and 
and um, and we decided to climb up a live volcano and do volcano boarding. And this is like number two on the most daring things to do um, on vacation, like according to CNN's list. And we were just looking at each other like, should we do this, should not? And we, and we decided to do it and we were just laughing because we were like, we were laughing that we would just tumble down the <laughs> volcano. Um, but, you know, when we started to climb, so we were there and the people that were there were more agile than us. Um, and this is me saying it very politely. <laughs> they were definitely younger uh, and definitely they were into like sports. So you could tell because they were really in it. And they, it took them about an hour to, to climb up. And it took us two and a half hours to climb up. Um, it was very steep in certain moments. It was very dangerous, like if you look over. But I think it was more so about just, um, I could say for myself, I just wasn't, I, I, I wasn't, I didn't have the agility. I didn't have the, I was tired. I was, you know, out of breath, you know, climbing constantly, had to take so many breaks. And the, the tour guide, and there were other people that were, were there that were holding boards, were very empathetic towards us. And it was such a moment where they were empathetic and patient and like, you know, you know, come on, we, you know, we have this, we can continue, take a rest when you need it. And, you know, for something that was really hard physically, and it was really hard physically, I mean, there were moments I was like, I don't even care anymore, I'm going to just sit here, or I'm like, I'll... I mean, and we couldn't go back, right? Because it was that <laughs> hard to go back. So we just had to keep on going, but it was like really hard. And then we saw our, you know, our other, um, the other folks like up already on the top of the, the volcano and they're just waiting and just there. And when we got there, now I thought they already slid down. So then we got there, they were all there. And they were just just waiting, and I remember, and I said, you know, I'm, you know, we said, I'm, I'm, you know, we're sorry, you know, for wait. They're like, no, you made it, and that's what's important. That is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, then we all slid down, and then, um, you know, at the moment where all of us were there together, you know, just having a beer or a soda or water, and just enjoyed each other's company. Like going, like before the car ride was very silent. <laughs> But coming back, all of us were talking in this and that. I mean, so where just there, them being empathetic towards us and receiving the empathy and felt like, I felt, we felt good and felt like we belonged. And then on the ride back was about an hour and change. And like, we were all talking and we were just there with each other. Um, and then we, and after there was a bar, we all hung out at the bar. But it was one of those moments of just, because of the empathy shown towards us, then we were able to connect with them and really just enjoyed each other's company, you know, um, while we were there. Um, so that was also one of those moments of, of, right. of where I was empathetic, but also where empathy was shown to me. You mentioned that you had a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. and, and that's one thing. Right, it created a sense of camaraderie, yes. where people were there as a group, and it, they were focused more on, okay, we're going to do this as a team, but do this at your pace. There was no kind of expectation, mm -hmm. and that's one thing I I feel that traveling teaches us expectations. We should not go with expectations. We should go with a clear mind, and your experience mm -hmm. speaks to it clearly. No expectation, be in the moment, and they waited for you, patience. It teaches us patience as well. How many times, I know I've been to events over here, and people do not have, not all of them, but majority of them do not have a sense of patience mm -hmm. or sense of empathy. It's, it's always where, when some people are slow, there'll be remarks said, like oh my god you're so slow then you should not have joined this team you should right. have a different team but that brings me to another point traveling and experiencing what you've experienced teaches us about diversity and inclusiveness as well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know diversity if you do not have diversity how can we learn about empathy how can we learn about kindness if we do not have inclusiveness, how, how do we learn about all these points? And I feel that traveling 
not necessarily you have got to go to a different country or, or do mountain climbing to learn about this, but just traveling to any parts and immersing yourself on all of these factors or different communities really teaches us about patience, empathy, what diversity is, how it feels to be included, how it feels to build a community. Right? It does. It does. It does. Um, totally. And, and I want to also add, even being kind to yourself in the moment too. Right. Right. No, that's so true, Hollis. You bring up a really good point. We sometimes forget how to be kind to ourselves. Sometimes we feel that, oh, we can't keep up with the team and we are a disappointment. We feel that, oh my God, how will they think? What will exactly. they think about me? Mm-hmm. The thing is, it's not a competition. We're not competing with anyone. We're competing with ourselves as to how can we be kind to ourselves. Mm-hmm. You bring up a really good point. No, it's And I want to share something on the topic of empathy and kindness. Sure. So recently, I was in Malaysia. And my mom is from Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And my mom is paralyzed and she's on a wheelchair. So mm-hmm. we were out and I was pushing her wheelchair and we were going on an <laughs> almost like a 45 degree incline. It was straight up. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was tough to push. So I was pushing her and even before I could push up people, all these people whom I did not know came to me and say, Miss, we will help you. Mm-hmm. I did not ask for help. I was absolutely blown away by the kindness that they display. They didn't have to help, but they came forward to help. And it occurred not just one day. Every single day or every time I was out with my mom, mm-hmm. I experienced it. And I've never experienced that kind of kindness or empathy or patience mm-hmm. right for, for people to come forward and help and the time people take the time to invest because time is energy and energy is a huge investment they do they do they do and yeah. i think that's the beautiful thing about also traveling too i think the most kindness kindness i guess <laughs> um that i've been shown was when i whenever i've been on vacation and and you know a, a quick story in japan i remember i was like like trying to find out uh, i was in a uh, uh basically in in the subway or metro and trying to find like the next like the the track and couldn't find it and running around and and um and just you know people are just willing to help and share but in particular and i just like side note with other when i was in, japan, in tokyo I didn't know. I was trying to get somewhere. Don't know the language. It was just, and I asked this person who didn't speak English and just pointed on the map, and she literally stopped what she was doing and walked us, you know, to the the store. And the store was like like blocks away. It wasn't like oh right there in the corner. I mean, it was blocks away. You know, you know. Basically, I said thank you. Asked if I could just offer something, and she shook her head and she went on her way. You know, and and you know for for me it's just interesting to just you know experience this kindness especially when it's not in your familiar um location etc so this is some somewhere different and i think also like you're more vulnerable and i wonder if that has anything to do with it about just being vulnerable to accept kindness as well. This, that just came up. Yeah, me. I, I agree with you. Being vulnerable, a lot of us forget to be vulnerable or we feel that it's not acceptable, accepted to be vulnerable mm-hmm. because at work, what are we conditioned? You can't show weakness. You can't cry at work. You can't cry in school. Right. Or, or people often talk about emotional intelligence. You, you need to be emotionally stable to work in a corporate field. I think that that's all bullshit because we as humans, we as humans, it's only natural and not all for us to be emotional. Sure. I can't be, I, I have got 
all my stuff to get there. I'm, I'm this, this really strict, not strict, but <laughs> put together person. We have emotions. You can't expect a human to behave like a computer. Even computers have got their threshold. Right. If it's overworked, <laughs> overheated, it bursts. Right, it, right. it breaks down and then you replace it. But when a human breaks, it comes in the form of mental illness, which is a stigma. People think that it's, it's, it's a weird thing. It's a stigma. Or they say that oh, he or she can't get their stuff together. It's, mm-hmm. it's, he or she is not a good fit. People defame their character or defame their skills if a person is emotional or shows emotion. Right, right. And that's where empathy, that's where compassion comes in. Right. right. Just to understand right. that when these things happen, either to yourself or to others, like what are you going to do? Right. And how are you going to be right. when this happens? Right, that right. And, and that's one thing troubling. You don't need to, again, you do not need to travel to a different country, just travel to a different state or travel out of your town mm-hmm. and just be vulnerable and experience everything from a different lens. You know, move away from the lens that you see. And that's what traveling has opened up my eyes to, mm-hmm. right? It teaches us to be patient, accepting, acceptance as well. And forgetting what we have learned on media, forgetting what we have learned in schools, forgetting what we have been taught by our friends, our family, our neighbors about different people, people who do not look like us, do not sound like us, do not behave like us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It teaches you how to accept them based on your personal interaction, not via a third medium. True. True. It's so true. I mean, I remember when I was younger, and this is maybe late teens, and, I'm, and um, I lived in Long Island then, and then coming into the city, and my grandmother, who watched the news religiously, and of course the news is telling you all negative stuff, right? So she's always say, be careful when you go to New York City. Don't do this. Don't do this. Make sure you have some VEX money, <laughs> as they say. What uh, money? Oh, VEX. VEX money. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you have so basically you know money that just in case of something happens that you you have money that you could um you know you could come back home so it's like make sure you put the money in your socks like in you know you in this any like all the way in the bottom of your foot in your socks and i remember just getting like all that all that messaging just from her right so of course you know i'm coming and i'm coming taking a train into the city and there is that like nervousness when you when you get something from a third party right and just without just going in with an open mind right? Um, and then, you know, with that, I mean, nothing happened, you know, thankfully, every time I went to the city, right? But it, it, because of the experiences that I had, I mean, they were all were all pleasurable um, in those moments or that time. Um, but just like what you said, it's about like, when you get it from a different source, it could be from the media, it could be from even your family. Um, and it's something totally, totally different. Um, so yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> so Hollis, you said you said something really stood out to me. Uh, go with an open mind. Mm-hmm. I feel that traveling it's like art form. Having an open mind is synonymous to having an open a new canvas, a new canvas. When you go to art classes, mm-hmm. when you go to art classes, it taps into your creativity, it taps into your open mindedness, it taps into the state of how your heart or how much your heart is open and to tap into the limitless potential, right? And that's how I look at, at traveling. It's an open canvas for you to paint what you see. Because, because if we take a person, if, if me, you, and someone else goes to the same place, let's say New York City, <laughs> and three of us are given a, a clear clean canvas to paint right in the middle of Times Square. So we are actually sitting in the <laughs> triangle, right? Mm-hmm. And each of us are on one tip, each tip. So you will perceive what you're seeing from a different angle. 
I will perceive and I will draw what I see from my angle mm. and the other person will see whatever from his or hers angle. And I feel that traveling is exactly like art, what we draw. Mm-hmm. What we draw is how we perceive, how we take, how we interact. And traveling, when we travel with an open canvas, we learn limitless potential and capabilities of how we grow, how we treat others, and of humility. Yeah, that's a beautiful metaphor. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, now, I, I urge everyone to travel, even... Even if it's a one-week holiday, I feel that traveling, like like we had this conversation the other day, it's not a luxury, like you said, Hollis. Mm-hmm. It is a necessity. Mm-hmm. It's a necessity for us to to recuperate, to recollect ourselves, because we are so consumed with just go 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 that we do not take a break. Right. We are so stuck. We I feel that we have become such slaves to our environment slaves to our habits right we go to how many of us work 18 hours 10 hours 12 hours and we do not take a break right right i mean you know traveling is necessity it is about self-care it's about self-love it's about experiencing you know different and new things and and it is experiencing you know, compassion, kindness, humility as well. Like when you, when you pause and take a break, that's when you're able to really experience those things. Because in the moment of just the hustle and the bustle, you know, all the time that, you know, you just, you just either focused or you're all over the place, right? Uh, but when you're able to just slow down and just feel, and experience, think, is when all those things happen and that's what changes things for you. Right, and you said self-love, self-care. And having that mental clarity is so important for us to function as our own individual. Because in the sense of being in the now culture, everything is going so fast, we lose a sense of ourselves. We conform to whatever that we are engaging in. We conform to the social media culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We become consumers. And when we become slaves to our work, when do we actually have time for ourselves? We get up at 6 a.m. to prepare to go to work. Mm-hmm. And we get some, some, some of us get, what, 30 minutes break or an hour lunch. Mm-hmm. And even during lunch, people work. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And then you get off work, and then you get, what, two hours or sometimes one hour to travel back home. Mm-hmm. And those are time wasted. So mm-hmm. some people take four hours traveling, and, and that's not time to themselves. No. Yeah. So if you, if you finish at five and you reach home at seven, you you're too tired to think, you're too tired to prepare a good healthy meal for yourself. You go out to eat and then sometimes you go to the gym or you don't, you're too tired, you're exhausted, you switch on the telly and just give in to consume more and you just do not take the time to think. Mm-hmm. And when you just go without non-stop, without having that mental clarity, without self-love, troubling, taking time for yourself, Mm-hmm. We do not function at our optimal level. Mm-hmm. True, true, true. You know, and it, I have you know, there's other things that are coming up. You know, for me, it's about it's self care. Like, how do you so self care? So traveling is self care, and also like, how do you then bring in self care into your daily living? Um, and self-care could be in so many different forms and, and fashion, but definitely like just honing in and quieting down and just focusing on on self and breathing or right now, or it could be a med- it could be a form of meditation, it could be a form of prayer, it could be any of those things. But but definitely like just slowing down and just doing that. So other things could just come up for you. Right. And you mentioned slowing down. It's mm-hmm. very similar to when you sleep, your heartbeat slows down. 
mm-hmm. because that's the time for you to recuperate to really your body is working repairing itself your mind needs to repair itself as well so no i i love self-care and traveling is a form of self-care oh yes it <laughs> the is holiday, the holiday <laughs> it is really a form is. of self-care it and is. <laughs> yeah and traveling teaches you a lot of things so let's Let's touch on all the important points that we spoke about, Hollis. So traveling actually teaches you how to be more conscious, how to be kind. It teaches you how to cultivate empathy. It retouches you back into curiosity because we used to be curious children and we have lost it along the way. It teaches us about honesty and how to eliminate our centrism as to egocentrism ethnocentrism it allows us to have an open mind just like a, a blank canvas how we can mm-hmm. perceive the world from multiple lenses is that anything else that you want to add Hollis? um i think those really hit it all but and i would also say it just it shows us compassion right mm-hmm. compassion and humility yes yes and well, to be and also to be it i want to just say too so to be humble and to be compassionate i think right Right. So again, you do not need to have millions of dollars or thousands of dollars to take a holiday. (laughs) It could just be a weekend. Take your car, go into the mountains, pitch a tent, or go somewhere and mix with a community that you have never mixed around before. Share your food. You know, there are lots of apps nowadays that you can connect with different groups and say, hey, I want to learn about your community. Can we, can I come and mingle with you? There are so many people who open up their doors for you to come and experience their life, right? And just taking a break and experiencing and immersing yourself in different communities, different uh, countries and just people, it opens your mind up. Mm-hmm. And also, it's an opportunity when, when there are people who are traveling in your town, in city, etc., where you're able to, quote unquote, pay that forward. So be kind to them and others, and also to be compassionate and, and show humility as well. Beautifully put, Hollis. Well, thank you for coming on this podcast i know we are out of time (laughs) thank you for having me again this has been really fun oh yeah absolutely so before we go where can listeners find you Uh, sure so you could find me on instagram uh, facebook twitter all under the handle hollis cam so it's h-o-l-l-i-s-k-a-m as a mother brilliant that has been human becomings